Bush and Richie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. You're about to hear a show with a lucky, lucky numbers competition in it that has... Uh, it's just flabbergasted the pair of us that we've never had anything like it before. It's worth sticking around for. Yes, yeah, so we're not going to say anything more about it now. It'll happen in what you're about to hear. Then we'll have a quick debrief at the end. But it's worth it. So listen to this. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Hope you're having a good Wednesday so far. I had a very strange start to my Wednesday today. Uh, something very weird happened at our local swimming pool. So I swim twice a week at the moment to try and get rid of this back issue that I keep banging on about. Apologies if you keep going on about it. But uh, it's getting there slowly but surely and swimming's helping. But this morning at 7am, half an hour before I was due to go for my swim, I got an answer phone message from our local swimming pool. A 7am call? That's it, 7am call from the local <laughs> swimming pool. Uh, uh, saying that I wasn't allowed to come down there. They didn't want anyone to come to the pool. because they And I quote, got the chlorine wrong. Oh. Now what is all that about? Got the, how do you get the chlorine wrong? How do you get the chlorine wrong? I don't know much about swimming pools, but the one thing that I do know is there's chlorine in there. You've got one job, how do you get that wrong? Exactly, and there's always people going around with a little dipstick, checking on it, that yeah. kind of stuff, do you know what I mean? So, kind of unusual. Been thinking about it all day, thinking, oh, that's weird. But it's got me thinking in general about uh, swimming pool stories. Okay, everyone's got a swimming pool story. Now, there is... I know, we all know that there's, there's a particular angle on this that we're going to get a lot of. <laughs> Which is fine, and in fact, I remember at Crouch End Pool when I was, uh, it was about four or five years ago with my eldest daughter Erin, me, my dad, and Erin had to get out of the pool because of a, let's just call it a code brown. <laughs> yeah. So let's get that out of the way straight away. I learnt to swim as an adult about sort of like five, six years back. So Did you? I feel like I've missed out on, on so many stories. The so was, you're a coastal guy that can't that's only recently been able to swim when I you know. moved away from the coast. And the weirdest thing was, at primary school, it had like an outdoor swimming pool that was only ever used during the summer term. <laughs> but the thing was, it was still so cold. And get this, this, this sounds wrong, but I can remember that swimming lessons were only on if the temperature was warmer than... 60 degrees in the pool. I mean, that's just <laughs> so cold. Doesn't I make just you want to swim, does it? I remember all my classmates just stood in that pool just going blue. Well, no wonder what, I couldn't swim. Maybe that's why they made you wear pyjamas and dive in for a heavy yeah. rubber brick, something like that. Pa- the old paratrooper on Twitter says, whilst conducting helicopter water crash training in Hawaii, wow. in battle dress uniform, the chlorine levels were so high they ate holes in our uniforms. They had to cancel it. Wow. That's the kind of stuff we're after. So swerve, Code Brown. Something <laughs> a bit more like that. Seth says, my local pool also got its chlorine levels wrong, but in this case it didn't close, but my shorts got bleached. <gasps> Wow. So it's a thing. Yeah. Do you know what? You you talk about my shorts. My my swimming trunks, in fact, are the ones that we got in La Rochelle. Oh, and I remember them as a lovely sky blue. Sky blue. So they're they're the ones that I currently use at the moment that we got them from the hotel. We are so predictable. I bought a set that was Arsenal coloured. You bought a kit that was um, Everton coloured. There you go. (laughs) Just how we are. Each to their own. Uh, If you have a swimming pool story you want to hear from you tonight, Emma Jones from the Dave Berry Breakfast Show has just tweeted us to say that she once shut down the local pool with a floater. So there you go. So it's just out there. Going to really listen to that news with authority tomorrow morning when we wake up. When you hear Emma's voice tomorrow, (laughs) please allow that to just float into your mind. Uh, It's home time on a Wednesday night. We're talking about swimming pool stories because our local pool uh, cancelled my swim this morning because they got the chlorine level wrong. At least uh, Jeff managed to get in the pool. Jeff's in Lincoln, says fire alarm went off. We all had to go outside in just our swimsuits soaking wet for 10 minutes in the view of everyone who was outside the centre. That would be awful. That would be awful. We've got Rowley on the line right now. Now, uh, Roly, a swimming pool story. What happened to you, my friend? We were on holiday in Cuba just a few years ago, and every time you went in the pool, especially in the morning, all the all the crabs just came up from the side and kept throwing themselves in the pool. Oh my lord! And, uh, and, 
and they can keep getting us out the pool to fish the crabs out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hashtag Cuba problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, were uh, they like, what kind of crabs were they? Like um, scary, kind of like spiky ones or little tiny green yeah. ones? No, they weren't little tiny. They were big red ones. Not, not very nice ones. Wow. And so what? They, they just get the crabs out with a net, put them on the side. You guys get back in and what? The crabs go back in again? Yeah, they did, took the crabs down and let them go on the beach, but they all came back up again. They absolutely love it. They love it in the pool, the crabs, don't they? Can't get enough of it. Either that or they don't like the tourists. That's a good point. Yeah, one or the other. Uh, and there's some good stuff coming in. Gold says, uh, went on a lad's holiday to Butlins on a 90s weekender. First day of the holiday, jumped in the pool and quickly realised I'd still got my iPhone in one pocket and my wallet in the other. <laughs> Phone was ruined, spent a couple of hours drying it out and ironing £300 in £20 notes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Michael on holiday at Canberra Sands, got out of the pool into the dressing room, then came out, to dressed, uh, came out dressed to find the whole pool empty. Oh, my God, it sounds like a 1970s Friday film. Do you remember no that? No one in the building whatsoever. Two firemen came in. Fire alarm had gone off. No one told me. Came out to all family and other campers just looking at me. That would haunt me for the rest of my life. Also, one other thing, right, and this might just be a talky thing, but if you're listening to this right now, back in the day, did your leisure centre have a ridiculous rumour about a bad lad putting razor blades in the flume? No. Well, in, in, the, in our local pool in Torquay, it, it was ridiculous, made up, completely made-up story, but like a bad kid had gone down the flume and put razor blades in there, which is, of course, ridiculous, but it was just a thing. What an awful rumour. Producer Adam? Yeah, Harlow. Harlow Pool, same rumour. Oh, it's done the rounds. Oh, wow, that's not on the south coast, my friend. Yeah, it certainly has happened. Well, if you've heard that rumour, get in touch, 8, 12, 15. Seems like that rumour's everywhere. Rowena says, same rumour. Older shot Lido. Never went on the slides as a child because I thought it was true. My mind's blown. Chris Davis is in South Wales. The rumour about the razor blade one? Yeah, that went around Swansea. Craig says, Royal Commonwealth Pool, Edinburgh. Rumour went around about razor blades in the flumes too. Richmond, West London, not Yorkshire, clears up Nick, water slides, same razor blade rumour back in the 80s. Paulie from Southampton, 100% had the same rumour, Southampton Central Baths, circa 1990. Uh, I never heard the rumour myself in Eastbourne, but Reggie says over in Brighton and Burgess Hill, not far away, same rumour. Pins going in the map of the UK as we're saying these. Jane says, yes, Cascade Swimming Pool, Gravesend, early 90s. The rumour was, don't go down the red flume, there's razor blades in it. I'm 44 now and I've still never been down the red flume. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I saw someone buying a hot water bottle. Where do you stand on hot water bottles in 2022? I don't think I've used one in at least 25 years. We, we, we use them all the time in our house. Do you really? Well, I, first of all, I find you saying that unusual because obviously you're a man that has quite uh, strong hands on the purse string. I do indeed. Particularly in the heating department. Yes. So uh, we, I always put hot water bottles in the girls' beds if it's absolutely freezing or um, we'll get one for Katie if she's freezing on the couch. That's really weird you say that because that's what my memory is. My memory is of as a kid going over to stay at my grandparents and there'd be a hot water bottle in the bed and I don't think I've seen one since. Well, it's that one, I remember like my nana's house in Liverpool, uh, in um, Norris Green, it was freezing. There was no heating in the house at all. So me and my brother used to sleep in the same double bed when we were there, when we were kids. And she put a hot water bottle at the bottom of the bed. And you know that thing where you know it's going to burn your feet off, but you can't stop touching it. Yep. <laughs> and also, n- no cover to it. That rubber smell that you get from hot water bottles yep. is something else. Isn't it, as well? <laughs> yeah. It's a so unique smell. You're telling me, as a user of it, still to this day, they haven't changed. The text the same. I even bought one the other week. I th- weirdly, wow. though, I think if you're buying one in a chemist, it's got a kind of slight medical edge. Yeah. Almost you can smell the TCP. I'm not sure. Uh, 2022 usage of hot water bottles. We're starting with the strong stuff. Discuss. There's many people that use them. 
use them uh, and are still, no matter how old you are or, or what walk of life you're from or what your experience is, you'll never forget that noise that hot water bottles do when you lie them down and try and get the air out of them. And they go, <laughs> they feel like gobbing out water. Nate has sent a picture of a hot water bottle he bought his wife for Christmas last year. Oh, it's a foot hot water bottle. Standard hot water bottle, but on the front of it, it's kind of got two pouches. So it looks like a pair of slippers. Put, put your feet in there, warm feet. It looks absolutely incredible. D- uh, it's a weird looking thing it looks like someone that a gang might put your feet in if they wanted you to never reappear again <laughs> I'm not putting my feet in that but stay warm <laughs> and it's tartan which is weird as well <laughs> alright I apologise full on retraction get, get yourself one this is the Daily Takeaway Daily Takeaway that strange sight on the way into work today I just got off the uh, train at Liverpool Street in London heading towards the Tube to get down underground and get towards work uh, and as I was walking across the station concourse my eyes suddenly are drawn to this gentleman my head spins round because he's wearing a full Red Arrows jumpsuit <laughs> so what like a, a, a boiler suity thing that you would wear if you were actually in the Red Arrows as if he was a Red Arrow himself about to get into to the jet, go and do the display with all the stuff coming out the back and all that kind of thing and he's wearing the jumpsuit. It's the all-in-one jumpsuit, kind of thing that you'd see a, a Formula One driver wearing as well but very much a Red wow. Arrow jumpsuit. It got the Red Arrow's emblem on it. He was a very tall gentleman just striding purposefully but here's the weird thing, across Liverpool Street Station Concourse. Right, so you know, it's not really parked his Red Arrow around the corner or anything, is he? I can't think of a runway that is very, very close uh, and even if he was on the way there, I would expect like eight other Red Arrow operatives to be, you know, with him. It's surely you all travel together. Do you know what I mean, if you're in the Red <laughs> Arrows, have thought we? so. Yeah. Where's Red Three? Oh, he's just arriving on the train from <laughs> Liverpool Street. He'll be here in a minute. What's going on? That's the really weird thing, right? There's there's so many options. So I guess unfairly. I'm discounting that that is an active Red Arrow member. Right. Because I just don't think they walk around in their jumpsuit on trains, I mean, just got off the tube to get on a train. But the thing is, though, right, so if let's just say, so Eva is in the Red Arrows and decided to wear it around town, yeah. or if he's not in the Red Arrows, that's a hell of a thing to be wearing. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you mentioned you know, earlier on, like, you know, someone in, in a Spurs outfit or whatever, you've got yeah. you know, a replica football top, you're just supporting that team. But if you're wearing a boiler suit, which has got Red Arrows on the front, you're essentially trying to get people to believe that you're in the Red arrows exactly if he's not but wearing it in a scenario where no one's going to believe you were in the red arrows so like i don't think you can go on amazon and buy like a replica red arrows jumpsuit so then the other alternative is maybe it was someone that was once upon a time a red arrow and then like got to keep the kit and then they thought that day I'll tell you what, I'll just wear that today. Going around, strolling around town in a Red Arrow's jumpsuit. Joy, to be fair, though, you do see that quite a bit, like a lot of people who were, like, say, bar bar staff with staff written on the back if they were working in, like, Benidorm or whatever. Yeah. But all, people have always got, like, a big old shirt that might have been, like, a bar work shirt or something like that from back in, back in the day. Maybe, you know, boiler suit's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's his version of that. If you know your Red Arrows intel, if you were that gentleman, if you've got any intel to offer on this, we would appreciate it tonight. 8, 12, 15, or tweets to Absolute Radio. It'd be amazing if he got on the tube and a bit of red smoke came out of his backside. <laughs> Tracy has some Red Arrows intel, says it could be Red 10, uh, because Red 10 does the commentary from the ground. So they're a member oh, yeah. of the display team, but they don't fly. They're like uh, commentary and safety supervisor. You'd feel a bit embarrassed, though, wouldn't you, wearing the kit? But you're still wearing the the kit, it's you? like John Terry getting back into his Chelsea kit and being in all the photos. Exactly, you know what I mean? You're yes. not really kicked a ball. Uh, Andy and Phil say maybe the jumpsuit is uh, co- surplus or cosplay or a fetish. <laughs> 
gets a bit darker, doesn't it? Says the person, actually, I've just noticed, wearing his La Rochelle T-shirt today. That's, I guess, something that, you know, we wore as kit out in La Rochelle and you've chosen to keep it. It's nice. I mean, I mentioned earlier on as well, I've still got me uh, swimming shorts from La Rochelle. Yeah. I kept the kit. My friend tried to be a pilot for the RAF, but he's over six foot. The cockpits are so small, he got turned down. I imagine the Red Arrows cockpit is the same. So if the person you saw on the station today is tall, they ain't no pilot for the Red Arrows. The plot thickens. Inez says, I kept the kit. I was a Cub Scout leader for quite a while, up to about five years ago. I literally have just dug out my fleece hoodie the other day, as I've been wearing it a lot because it's colder. It's definitely the warmest thing I own, and it's out every winter. Let's get the kit. <laughs> uh, the Cubs, just as cherished as the Red Arrows, one should just say. Oh, sure. Uh, Keisha's hanging on. You got some Red Arrows intel for us? Yeah, when I was younger, I went to visit where they were. I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I was obsessed with the Red Arrows, and we actually ended up buying a Red Arrow suit from there. Wow. wow. So you can buy a Red Arrows jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, and even in kid sizes. I was only five when I bought mine. Brilliant. Was this something you used to wear a lot, walking around? Every time I went out, I used to love going in it. I used to go out to the beach in it on hot days. I just loved it. Wow, I bet there's some <laughs> proper embarrassing family photos of you and like Swanage Beach wearing your, your outfit. I have some photos, but they're not at the beach, but they are at the place where I visited, but I do have some photos. Now, with all due respect to you, no-one's going to see a seven-year-old walking around on the beach and think, oh, wow, looks an actual Red Arrow pilot there. <laughs> no, hopefully not. <laughs> Can you give us an insight then? What do you think the story is behind this guy then that's at Liverpool Street Station wearing a, you know, a Red Arrows outfit? The only thing I can think of is maybe he was also a fan. I mean, you can actually purchase them online as well. You don't have to go and visit where they are kept. You can purchase them online, so that could also be an option. Wow. I, I don't think I could, in all honesty, like, you know, mid-40s with a paunch, buy a Red Arrow's jumpsuit, not be a Red Arrow, and wear it, and, and feel right about myself. I, if I wore that, I'd look like Elvis in the latter eight <laughs> stages at Las Vegas. It wouldn't be a good look. No. Even at the age of 21, I don't think I would rock the suit anymore. <laughs> Let's speak to one more person then uh, on this about uh, keeping the kit. Laura, you've kept something. What are you wearing? Yeah, I do. Yeah, my old work uniform. Wow. So is this like a snazzy, say, British Airways kind of flight kind of uniform or the police or something like that or what? Um, no, not, not quite as sexy as that. It's um, JJP Sports. JJP Sports. <laughs> OK, so what, yeah. wow. what are you still wearing from the JJB days? Just um, tracksuit bottoms that are so comfy that I can't throw them out. Wow, so you're still rocking your JJB Sports tracky bottoms from how many years ago? Oh, ten years now since that shop shut down. Amazing. <laughs> oh, Laura, brilliant. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. The show that is fighting the good fight against outrageous energy prices. Home time, lucky, lucky numbers. I think we can all agree we hate our electricity and gas meters sitting there, you know, totaling everything up. We want to turn the tables on them with lucky, lucky numbers. The numbers that are hidden in their dusty dials could win you money. £250 cash thanks to Tesco Mobile. Spend less using your Tesco club cards. Uh, yeah, our lucky, lucky number generator will spit out three numbers very soon. These numbers must be on your current electricity or gas meter reading. Now, they can be in any order, but all three must appear somewhere on the meter. We'll get you to take a picture, because we'll ask for proof. You find that meter and call the studio if the numbers match up. Let's find out what the lucky, lucky number generator is spitting out today. Thanks, Butch and Ricky. Today's lucky, lucky numbers are... Nine. Five. And... One. That's nine. Five. And... One. Should we meet tonight's contestant? Let's do this. It's called Jonathan. How are you doing, Jonathan? Welcome to the show. Hi. 
Oh, what's he up to? What are you doing there, Jonathan? Sketchy character. You on the landline? Got landline going on there? Uh, no, I'm on the mobile. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Have really? you got a landline at all or not? <laughs> it's not plugged in. I, we're the same. Got a landline. Don't even use it. It's a waste. You should rent them out. I think you said you're working. What are you doing right now, then, Jonathan? Can you share that? Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a customs officer. I'm working from home. Okay. Oh, okay. Have you had a busy day? I just started four o'clock. So. So customs officer. Does that mean you like you on like a like going underneath trucks and that with like mirrors and stuff like that? Is that any of that stuff? Oh no, no, I'm office based. But... Oh. Working from home. I'm trying to sort of like people coming off off of aeroplanes and yeah. going through Jonathan's home. Just how'd you do that? Anyway, so many questions. So many questions. Now's not the time for it. Uh, <laughs> no. We got questions yeah. to ask you about your uh, your gas or electricity meter. So Jonathan, let's check these numbers. Which uh, meter are we playing with tonight on the show for Lucky Lucky Numbers? Uh, electricity. Electricity meter, okay. Uh, nine, five, and one is what the generator spat out earlier. Uh, would you please read your electricity meter reading to us? Oh, he's actually gone in there. He's gone in there. Oh, oh let's have a look. Need a torch. In your time, Jesus. <laughs> You're right in there. If lost him, it's like Narnia. <laughs> uh, I can't. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm trying to find a. God. Jonathan, oh. is everything okay in your understairs cupboard? Yeah. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's not. <laughs> this has never happened. This has never happened before. Thing. We've never had go- someone go into no. their access cupboard and then have a problem. Because, like, surely five, ten minutes ago, you would have taken the reading to see if you were eligible, and, and hopefully nothing's changed in the meantime. <laughs> Do you know what? I've actually read... I've, I've read the serial number, not meter, new number. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> what are you like? I know. He's a customs officer as well. It's all about paper trail. <laughs> He's torpedoed the competition. What are we going to do? He's torpedoed it. Oh, no, Our producer Adam has got his head in his hands. <laughs> I was the uh, person who suggested you take past the pigs to uh, La Rochelle. Oh, Twitter. okay, brilliant. So you come back to haunt us, have you? Yeah. <laughs> Home time. Lucky, lucky numbers. You can tweet the show at Absolute Radio. Darren Riley says, truly the best radio just then from Bush and Ritchie. Uh, we are, we're just flabbergasted. We thought we devised a, a competition where you couldn't not win. Um, it's, it's foolproof, the phrase. <laughs> well, we got a fool. One thing, I, I, I respect Jonathan's honesty because he thought he'd read the right thing. Then live on the air, he realises, hang on, no, 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 that's the serial number, that's not my meter reading. And he decided to be honest. Imagine, though, imagine... I respect that. You're on national radio and the pennies dropped that you, you, you've got it wrong but you're in your own understairs cupboard. No one else is there with you. Can't get any worse than that, can it? (laughs) Lucky Lucky Numbers, despite what you've just heard, will return tomorrow. This is the Daily Takeaway. It's Bush and Itchy. Uh, itchy. Itchy. Oh, oh, oh. oh well, That'd Freudian be, slip. There is a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. The plot thickens this evening. Uh, so, uh, Cream's starting to work. 
it's just it's settling down now. Uh, so it's been a long night. But if it you did, get the podcast, uh, a daily takeaway, and hear what happened on Lucky Lucky Numbers earlier on. We're not quite the same since. <laughs> now, on last night's show, we were kind of essentially saying, God bless local cinema adverts. Mm. Do you remember them? You used to go to the cinema, and local businesses used to advertise in an incredibly low budget before the main film was on. And we kind of got onto the subject of, we know it's tough for small businesses at the moment, and we're trying to help out in any way we can. If you got in touch overnight last night, we could, if we had time, try and record you your very own 80s-style cinema advert for your business. Well, we found the time, and despite the uh, awful enunciation that I have this evening, we've made a decent job of it, I think. So, if you're one of the people who got in touch we didn't ha- that we didn't have a chance to do an advert for, we apologise, but if you did, and we are, have a little listen to this first one. Play the game. Don't let the game play you. Join Russell and Kelly at the Board Game Hut. 10 to 12, Clarence Street, South End. Because there's more to board gaming than Monopoly. And it's important to state as well, these are all freeze-frame photos in the background of yes, this as well. They are. Don't have the budget for any filming. <laughs> Nothing fancy like this. Like mosaics, like quality, get yourself down to David O'Brien Mosaics. Bickerstaff Lancashire. For all your mosaicing needs. Give for a loved one, mosaic. Give for a friend. Mosaic. Birth of a first child. Mosaic. Release from prison stint. Mosaic. Call Lancashire. 272525262 now. That is fantastic. I've never wanted a mosaic so much in my life. I want one. Uh, let's squeeze one more in. Need your ring straightened out ahead of a big business meeting? Then you need to get yourself down to Ross Silver Jewellery Workshops in County Durham. Bangles, pendants, earrings, bracelets. We've got them all. And I tell you what, it's not just for women. There you go, and then the main film kicks off. You can almost hear Pearl and Dean kicking in after that. Yes, you can, yeah. The board game hut in Southend say, awesome guys, can just imagine that being at the cinema back in the 80s. Thank you very much. And David O'Brien Mosaic say, cracking. Thanks to Bush and Ritchie, hashtag just out of prison. (laughs) Everyone needs a mosaic. Let's see if we can find one more happy client. Bags, bags, bags! Hello there, my name's Chris Boddington, the big boss of Bags Ahead, Birmingham's number one luggage delivery service. Don't be one of the 28 million people what's lost their luggage every year. Oh, wow, you found my bag. Depend on us to offer a professional, caring and seamless service. You will get thy underpants. Get yourself down to Bags Ahead. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Nice to be back in the studio today after uh, yesterday being at home in the lead-up to the uh, the parents' evening. Uh, I can report back to the show that uh, the boy had done all right. He's not been expelled just yet. Yeah, he's, he's uh, on a roll. He's on a roll. It was a weird thing about yesterday, right? Obviously, working from home for the day, uh, everything in my day from lunchtime on was he's starting to think about the show and then we're doing the show live from home and all that kind of stuff. But in the morning, do the school run... And then I think I got like three loads of washing out on the line. So I wasn't really doing much with my day. So I was just Mm -hmm. in me joggers and all that kind of stuff. And then in me joggers for the show with you. The moment that finishes at seven o'clock, change my clothes, quick spritz up, quick shave, put some product in my hair to go. Almost felt like going out on a date. Actually put some aftershave on just to go to parents' evening. Isn't it weird (laughs) how times change? You, you, Once upon a time, you have a social life and then there comes a day where the most exciting point in it and you actually make an effort for is a parency. It's good though that you didn't make Rocco go. There's a thing that's happened uh, in, in recent years where, where you feel like kids have to go to the parents evening. Yeah. I never went to a single parents evening with my parents at all. 
But like, I know that there's quite a few like people who've got kids similar age and everything now. They make the kids go with them. That's the worst thing on this planet, isn't it? Same as yourself. Never ever went to one as a kid myself. It was always that impending doom of your parents coming home, and it was definitely night time. And your your grandparents might have come over and been there while they've gone out for the evening. Yeah. And you're waiting for them to come back just to be reported on on how it all went. Sitting in the car. I remember sitting in the car in the school car park with the waiting just like you can hear the clock ticking. Oh, scary stuff. What is this tale of misery you have teased us with about your parents? So you you went to a parents' evening last night. Yes. We, we were just saying that it's it's weird now that kids have to go to parents' evening. Back in the day, kids went nowhere near a parents' yeah. evening. I remember when I was a kid back at Cuthbert Main School in Torquay, I remember my mum and dad coming back from parents' evening about me and saying they got into an argument in the queue to see a teacher with uh, the parents of another kid. Right, really? Like, And it really went off. My dad got quite heated about it and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the next morning I was sat in my form class and Nick Crook, who was the biggest lad in our entire year, he went on to be like a nightclub bouncer and stuff like wow. that as well. He, he was, I could see him, he was in front of me and he was chatting to his mate who was sat next to him and he was saying how his mum and dad got in into like an argument with no, this no. stupid like no, no. man and woman. I was like, oh my God, it's my mum and dad. My mum and dad have got into an argument with Nick Crook's family. <laughs> and I just had to keep me head, literally head down for the rest of the school day. But yeah, that was a close call. That was a close call. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Well, there we go. Um, thanks for uh, sticking with the Daily Takeaway. Uh, we need to discuss, uh, now a bit of time has lapsed, um, today's Lecky Lucky Numbers. It's almost like, the, you know, <laughs> that, is it a play or a book? We need to discuss Jonathan. We need to talk about Jonathan. <laughs> you never would have... All the time that we spend devising competitions, and we do spend time, much to what people might think, Yeah, you wouldn't have predicted that scenario. No, not in a million years. And our producer, Adem, is now saying that he's going to have to explain it even more to people on the phone. It's fairly self-explanatory, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you... and But there's the, there's the wrinkle of it. Like, people people that have called to take part have understood what they've got to do because they've all gone and looked for their metre reading. So, as has dear Jonathan today, the most honest guy in the UK. Yeah. And he's realised he's made an error, but as you pointed out, he's in the darkness of his own understairs. There's no one else there with him. I'd be tempted to stay in there. I would, <laughs> but I would have been te- I would have been tempted to lie. Who, who's going to know? That's a good point, but he was very honest, which is a great thing. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't even know where my serial number is on my... Uh... <laughs> You know, meet as he where do you even find that thing from? Do you know what I mean? And if he told our producer that that was the meter reading, do you think our producer, look at him, um, would he have known that's a serial number? Well, I am asking for pictures, though. He's asking for, I tell you, it's not the only uh, incident where he's asking for pictures. <laughs> 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 <laughs>